I suppose this gets interesting. And this is what I was talking about in the, in the, um, in the intro there. Like I'm supposed to believe that all of these people are suddenly uh, opposed to Joe Biden, that they have realized that he supports the genocidal force in Israel that they all oppose and they hate him now and all this. Um, first of all, like Joe Biden's not going to do, he's not going to change anything in response to this. And the thing is, I don't think he has to. And I don't even mean that to say like, oh, uh, it's obviously rigged for Joe Biden. So it doesn't matter who votes for him or who doesn't. These people, I think, are a bunch of liars. They're all talking about how they're done with Joe Biden and fuck Joe Biden. And he's genocide Joe. When it comes to Election Day, every single one of these people is mailing in their ballot for Joe Biden because at least he's not Trump. Every single one of them will do it. Yeah. I don't I don't buy for a second that they are now opposed to Joe Biden. We've seen um, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and, and several of those, the, the, the so-called squad in Congress saying things to the effect of either you secure a ceasefire or, you know, you can't count on our support. I don't believe them either. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Yep. I think that even in the hotly contested Israel-Palestine conflict, Democrat Party loyalty trumps literally everything. Or do you think that you think there's any truth to the other side? You think this will actually fracture progressives? Because I don't buy that. I doubt it. I mean, they're pretty good at staying unified in the face of hating each other. But um, a good litmus test for that. Have you been following the H3H3 thing? I've only heard that his audience has turned on him because they I don't know. I guess my understanding is. They are uh, an anti-Israel crowd and he's a pro-Israel guy. Is that fair to say? Well, he was doing a show with Hassan Piker. Hmm. Hassan, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they just were, they were at such an impasse discussing this, even though to Ethan's credit, um, he did have a lot more sympathy for Palestinians than Hassan Piker did for Israelis. I suppose not to his credit, but hmm. um, the audience just has just mutinied. And they keep canceled the show. <clears throat> Ethan did. Temporarily or permanently? I mean, he said it was temporary, but I, I can't imagine his show with a Packer. I can't I can't imagine oh, oh. it's not. I, yeah. I guess uh so not his I, I don't follow everything he does because I'm not a fan. Well, Hila was but... in the IDF. So interesting. Uh, okay. I would imagine that there's nothing that he can really do about it. And then he they're of course super Jewish, so they've got opinions on this. But like I, I saw I've seen clips of him talking about it. He just looks like absolute hell. Like this is just destroying his life. Well, so, you in know, fairness, he had elements of that prior to this particular. But issue. he looks like destroyed. He just looks really, really bad. So I, I think that, you know, if this is a microcosm that that represents the left, it's possible that um, that they fracture on this. But but generally, I think they're they're pretty good at, at holding it together in the face of really, really egregious disagreements philosophically. Yeah, I, I think Joe Biden could, mit, uh, could commit the entirety of the U.S. budget to Israel and these people would still vote for him. Yeah. I, I, I'm convinced of that. But I invite being uh, proved wrong on that. Please do prove me wrong. I would, I would love to see it. Uh, I mentioned uh, how all of this just creates uh, attempts at strange alliances, strange enemies. Uh, there's a lot of this particular issue fractures people in many different ways. And one of those ways that was hilarious to watch was in an exchange with um, Antifa Palestine sympathizers and Muslims on the streets of London. So uh, Billboard Chris, who we've talked to, he's the guy who uh, you know is known for touring around and walking around with billboards or signs 
about gender ideology and just trying to spark public conversations about why gender ideology is a bunch of nonsense, but in particular, the push of transgenderism on children is a major problem. So I don't know what exactly his sign said in London, but I assume it was something to the effect of his usual message that, hey, uh, we shouldn't be making children transgender for reasons X, Y, and Z. And this happens in the context of a bunch of pro-Palestine protests like we're seeing in the U.S., and so you have Antifa sympathizers there, and you have Muslim activists there, and the Antifa sympath uh, the Antifa activists are very mad at Billboard Chris for being an anti uh, transgender bigot. He's a transphobe, and so in this exchange, the Antifa guy tries to appeal to the Muslims who he thinks are on his side because Billboard Chris is a transphobe, but the Muslims quickly correct him. No, 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 that transgender stuff is really a bunch of bullshit. Prove any of your points because you actually have no evidence Free for Palestine. Do you know about half of these kids? Anti-LGBTQ, anti-LGBTQ propaganda. He's trying to tell children that they are not allowed to be trans. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Making fun of his black nail polish. Uh, classic. But that was uh, that was an interesting encounter. You know, I mean, the, the, the Billboard Chris stuff is, I mean, obviously he's still talking gender ideology, but the way that that has overlapped with Israel-Palestine now has made that dynamic even more interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what this Antifa man will do. Will he stand by his trans allies or will he submit to the curvy Aladdin sword of Islam? Yeah. It's a real dilemma. It's a real pickle that he's in. I don't know how he solved that one. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts that you have on uh, the the protests going on in D.C. and elsewhere? I mean, I hope this rips them apart. Uh, I personally feel conflicted about it. I mean, more than anything, I'm ambivalent. That's really that. That's what pisses me off the most about this: that that the average person in America is not ambivalent about this. Well, it, there are few things that can motivate that many people to go to D.C. to demonstrate in the way that just happened. Now, in fairness, we see the um, what's the what's the pro life one that happens every single year? It's not. I was. I always want to say something like March the for Women's Our Lives, March. but that's the, <laughs> that's the David Hogg's gun control one. I mean, these happen. It's not never, so I don't want to overstate and say that Americans don't care about American issues on the scale of this one. But there's no doubting that this particular issue does motivate people to get active in a way that, frankly, I just I, I find a little bit confusing, not because there aren't important issues to be settled here, but because it is an issue that's on the other side of the world and we have significant problems facing our own country. So I'm not mad at anybody for having a strong opinion about this conflict. I just find it odd that of all the things that would motivate you to the, to go to the capital of our country and take to the streets and, and really be outraged that this would be the one, but for many it is. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish that we would care as much about our own country in many contexts as we do about other countries. And that includes what's going on um, in the Middle East, but it also includes what's going on uh, with Ukraine and Russia, of course. Um, yes. Because uh, we have a whole political fight going on over over foreign aid now. 
Um, and that includes Israel and Ukraine. So Congress, of course, overwhelmingly agrees that we have to keep shoveling money and resources overseas. That's not disputed. The parties are unified on that. They just can't agree on exactly how to do that. And recall when we last left our discussion with new uh, or of new House Speaker Mike Johnson, whose name I think I got correct this time, not Mike Rogers, not Joe Johnson, but Mike Johnson <laughs> said he was going to try two things. He's going to separate the bills to support Israel and to support Ukraine into two different bills, unlike the $100 billion combo package that Joe Biden has proposed. And the reason that he's going to do that, presumably, is because he's going to try to leverage these things into getting other things out of it. But it, it's some of it, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at these proposals individually. Johnson said that our country's most serious threat is our national debt. He said that when he took the gavel. And that's a, I, I agree. I think that that's probably the most serious problem facing our country with the possible. Well, I would say maybe that ranks number two to what's going on at the border. But I wouldn't not going to argue those with inter, those inter, those uh, issues are intertwined. Yeah. I'm not going to say someone's crazy for saying that our, our national debt and our out of control government spending are the biggest threat to our country. That makes sense. But so he acknowledges that, but then he, his, his way to handle this foreign aid is not to not to take the stance of no foreign aid is my first opening position here. And if we're going to negotiate <laughs> drastically reduced foreign aid, I hope is the compromise. OK, no, instead, it's just how about we cut domestic spending and then send that money overseas, that money which is arguably worse. Like if the crooks in D.C. are going to steal my money. At least give it to people in my country. In my country. Holy cow. No, no, no. Now what we're going to do, this is the great plan, is uh, it's not this particular iteration of it is not going to happen, but this is what was proposed. We discussed this a little bit last week. Uh, We're going to give the $14.3 billion to Israel as Joe Biden requested, but we are going to take that from the spending for the IRS that was part of uh, Joe Biden's, um, was it the, yeah, it was in, in the Inflation Reduction Act. So and somehow I guess that's supposed to be a win for like small government conservatism or something. But you're not actually changing anything about tax and spend. You're just changing the way that the spend happened. And as I said, it's if I have to have the money spent taken from me and spent, I would prefer it stays in my country. I would prefer it doesn't go somewhere else. Of course. yeah. But um, so so I, I fail to see how that's a win on any kind of principle whatsoever, other than it chips away a little bit at Joe Biden's monstrosity of a bill that was that was passed. Uh, what uh, a year and a half ago or whenever that was. Uh, but, you know, fundamentally, that proposal does nothing to reduce the size of government, reduce that the, the most significant threat that we face, according to the speaker. It doesn't really matter. This is kind of a just a philosophical discussion because that proposal is dead on arrival in the Senate because Chuck Schumer says they're not even going to consider it because he says it's not a serious proposal because he wants a package that funds Israel and Ukraine together because reasons. I don't even know why funding them individually is not a serious proposal. Why can't you yeah. do that? I'm not saying you have to agree with me that we should drastically reduce foreign aid of all sorts, though I would like it if people agreed with that statement. But it is possible to to be a person who says, I think aid to Israel makes sense because X, Y, Z. I don't think aid to Ukraine makes sense because ABC or vice versa. You can hold that position. Why do you have to do them together? I don't know. That's why Chuck Schumer says it's not serious, but... Uh, so as far as how they're going to handle aid to, to, uh, Israel, that remains to be seen. They'll have to negotiate that. 
the uh, the other interesting thing about uh, that proposal was according to the Congressional Budget Office, it actually would not do anything for they're saying it would worsen the deficit. The deficit being the difference between what we take in and what we spend. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, was saying if Johnson's proposal of taking the money from the IRS and sending it to Israel were to happen, that would be worse for the deficit because the IRS would be would have fewer resources to go get a bunch of their tax money. And so revenues would decline. Right. Uh, that, that was their particular piece of analysis. So if you buy that, you could even make the argument that Mike Johnson's idea worsens the deficit, in fact, though. Of course, the deficit would not be improved in such a scenario by re- a reduction in spending, which is our problem. It would be improved by a very minor increase in the IRS taking more of our money, which is not a solution yeah. to our problem. But just a, an interesting point on what they have to say about it. Um, but Mike Johnson is thinking the same idea on Ukraine aid. Uh, he, he wants to pair border security with Ukraine spending or sending resources to Ukraine. Joe Biden has already kind of proposed this in his $100 billion package saying uh, we're going to do our own border security along with aid to Israel, along with aid to Ukraine. And remember, in that $100 billion package, it's something like $60 plus billion for Ukraine and $14 billion for Israel. It's still four times the money for Ukraine that's being proposed. Oh my God. Uh, but Joe Biden was saying, so yeah, we're, sickening. we're going to have border security in there too. As far as I'm aware, and I haven't looked at all the details, but I believe at least a portion of what Joe Biden is talking about when he says border security is housing for illegal immigrants. Like they need a place to be while they await their court dates. So it's border security to build hotels, to put them in or something like that. When he says border security, he's not talking about catapults. Obviously he's not talking about helicopters or any of that uh, related infrastructure. But speaking today, Mike Johnson says he wants to link Ukraine spending to his own uh, idea or his own package of border security or House Republicans own package of, of border security. That specific bill is not yet proposed or written. But Johnson says they're going to bring all necessary spending bills to the floor before the November 17th deadline when the government's current spending expires again. <laughs> Once again, we're having this fight about how to how our how our government will operate financially and chief among the concerns is how much money we're going to send overseas and in exactly what way that is what the holdup is here to decide whether our government will even function at all. It's not like, how's our country going to run? How are we going to make our country secure? No, no. How many dollars are going over to those countries and what specifics attach to those proposals, if any? Well, that's how they're ensuring their individual security. That's why. Yeah, well, you, you have to reach that conclusion because if, regardless of any of those specifics, you, get, you have to ask yourself that question. If our politicians insist so much on border security for Israel and for Ukraine or for any other country, a foreign country, and I'm not, those countries are entitled to their own border security. I don't think they're entitled to my money to achieve it, but I'm not saying they don't have a valid interest in their border security. I'm just saying if we believe that global security is dependent on the Israeli border and the Ukrainian border. And those same politicians who insist that will turn around and tell you, yeah, but our border doesn't matter that much. You have to, that contradiction is so glaring. You have to ask yourself what they're getting out of this arrangement. And I have to assume that the money is coming back to them in one way or another, that the old Ukrainian laundromat is hard at work. And many of the people who espouse this completely incoherent position are simply trying to rationalize a way in which they personally benefit financially or those close to them. It's the only thing that makes sense. But uh, 
But speaking of Ukraine, quickly before the top of the hour here, uh, Ukraine, they really uh, they really want the money still. Zelensky does. They really need the money because it sounds like things aren't going great in the war. There was a lengthy cover piece this week. Uh, Time magazine reports that, among other things, a top Ukrainian presidential advisor is warning that, quote, people are stealing like there's no tomorrow. People being Ukrainian government officials or people who otherwise ha- have their hands in the Ukrainian cookie jar. When this uh, this particular advisor was asked about bribes and corruption, and that's what he said. Uh, Americans have turned against support for Ukraine, with 59% now opposed to sending more weapons and money. Up, that's up 30 uh, up from 35% in June. The southeastern part of Ukraine, which is predominantly Russian speakers, remains under Russian control. Zelensky's close advisor warns him that he's deluding himself into believing that Ukraine is winning when they aren't. The report says it's not guns and ammo that Ukraine needs. It's soldiers. Uh, draft officers are pulling men off trains and buses to send them to the front. According to this report, 100,000 uh, have died on, on either side of the war. Ukraine has to draft older men because they're running out of younger men. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier is now 43, according to this mm. report. So in addition to questioning why we should continue to fund what appears to be a losing effort or at least a stalemate effort instead of negotiating for peace, you got to wonder why media are finally turning on Zelensky, too. What has changed here? Why is Zelensky no longer the darling? And uh, Zelensky himself is now lamenting how the war in Gaza has taken the focus off the Ukraine and Russia war. Speaking at Saturday's briefing in Kiev, with visiting European uh, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. <laughs> However you pronounce that. Zelensky that says, quote, it is clear that the war in the Middle East is taking away the focus from Ukraine. He then listed his Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App address for you to send your lunch <laughs> money to it. Just kidding. The U.S. government steals that from you anyway, and uh, you have little yeah. to no say in the matter. But it the actually, irony of, of the, the stolen money thing, all of this money is stolen from me. I didn't consent to any of it being sent over there. And most Americans would agree. Yeah. Uh, well, just the fact that they're vying for all of this, this money that's just been stolen out of the pockets of Americans. So sickening. And you got um, half whatever. the country, half the country eager to cut the check. And hey, if that's you, if you believe in the Ukrainian cause, uh, great. I, I don't think you're, you're free to, uh, to Venmo Zelensky personally anytime you want. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. But uh, it, is, it sounds like Europe is getting sick of it too, and potentially maybe U.S. officials as well, or just getting realistic about the prospects for what the, what the end is here in the Ukraine-Russia war. According to NBC News on Friday, U.S. and European officials have begun quietly talking to the Ukrainian government about what possible peace negotiations with Russia might entail to end the war. Those Russian sympathizers, they should be on some kind of watch list. Yeah, Putin apologists. Or whatever they were doing to us, Putin apologists. Uh, This is according to the usual, the anonymous sources, one senior U.S. official and one former senior U.S. official familiar with the discussion. So, as always, take it with a grain of salt, but... Maybe we are having conversations about finding a way to end this uh, particular conflict. The discussions reportedly have included broad outlines of what Ukraine might need to give up to reach a deal. The discussions are happening now. Apparently some of this started last month, uh, but they're happening because the U.S. and European officials are worried the war has reached a stalemate and that international aid for Ukraine will uh, have to have conditions. 
So, you know, again, if you were you were Putin apologist to suggest this a year and a half ago that maybe it would be wiser to negotiate some sort of agreement than it would to be sending a bunch of money and a bunch of people to their deaths for a, what sounds like it has been kind of a, a futile effort for the last little while. And we're now a year and a half into it. Um, we're going to have those negotiations and those concessions anyway, it sounds like is the trajectory here just with billions of dollars spent and thousands of lives lost. So congratulations to if that's the way it goes. And again, I'm not, I don't know if that's the, the way that it goes, but if that is the way that it goes, I mean, that whole claim that, Oh, this was money well spent because we're weakening the Russian military <laughs> just by cutting checks to Zelensky. And da, da, da. I, da, I, I, I don't think this was a good deal from the start. In fact, I think it was no, indeed the greatest ripoff since coronavirus. but uh, don't worry. We'll set a new record very soon with some other made up scam. I'm sure. Anyway, that's the end of the uh, Ukraine stuff. We are a little past the top of the hour, so it would be good to get into the chat unless you had anything else to say about that. Nope, I do have to go to the bathroom. It's just going to get worse from this part of the pregnancy. I'm surprised you made it that long. That's over an hour. Can't even. I know. I can't even make it like I I peed four times in the night last night. It's a disaster. Hmm. All right, you get started over there and I'll be Yeah, I'll start on Rumble here and I'll move uh, over to YouTube and Tippy. Yanko1977 says, It's odd to see progressives support Hamas, which is a militant group that adheres to a religion which subjugates women and throws gays off tall buildings. I guess they hate Jews more than Islamists. Well, uh, if there is uh, an attempt at such a marriage, if this uh, courtship is consummated down the line... uh, their love for Islamists is not going to be reciprocated. I think they will learn. We'll see what direction that goes. But it is uh, interesting to watch the attempted friendships, indeed. Your uh, friendly neighborhood fed uh, vote no on issue one, which legalizes abortion up to birth and sex changes for minors without parental consent. Uh, let's stop this abomination from becoming constitutional law. I, yeah, I did see a little bit of reporting about that in Ohio. And I know there are some other, uh, I think there's one in Virginia. There's some other important uh, stuff coming up on the ballot for Tuesday. So uh, yeah, I, I hope those things are, um, I hope those things are defeated, but abortion, abortion has been a weird one. I mean, there's no denying that the abortion issue electorally has gone the wrong way in a lot of different um, elections after the Dobbs decision. And I always get amused by um, whenever reporters ask politicians, I think Glenn Youngkin was on uh, one of the Sunday shows this morning and I saw the uh, reporter asked him something to the effect of has the abortion issue been damaging to Republicans politically? I think the answer to that is, is probably yes. insofar as they've suffered political defeats, but anybody who would say like, well, I'm willing to surrender some political, def- I, I care more about my political prospects than I do about, uh, than I do about protecting innocent unborn life, I think is uh, a moral a fraud dick. on that issue. Like if, if you, psychotic, yeah, that's weird. Like I, I, I will accept X amount of bodies if it means that I get elected to office would be a weird stance to take. And for anybody that thinks it's been politically damaging to Republicans. Yeah, it, uh, I, I suppose there's some political truth to that. But, you know, I, I would I would just say at at what cost in the alternative? Like uh, there's yeah. <laughs> it's it's and that's the way you have to think about it. It's um. Uh, in a lot of black pill moments throughout the last few years, the returning of that issue to the states and at least finding some moral clarity in some places is one of the more encouraging things. And and I think that over time, these people probably will lose this argument. I just I think that 
especially as science advances and, and the ability to sustain life earlier and earlier. And plus, just given the scientific reality of, of, of what it means to be a genetically distinct human being. Yeah, you these, know, the survival rate of babies at 22 weeks now is at 23%. Yeah, I, I just don't think they're going to win this. 22 weeks. I, I think uh, I think this will be one of those things that that we'll look back on in the future and realize it was barbaric, but it is frustrating now. Most people to, believe abortion's wrong. I, I think that a lot of it. I don't know, like I, I, one of the propaganda pieces I saw on this thing in Ohio was like a, an Ohio Republican woman who was explaining why she's pro-choice. And it's because she believes in like small government, leave me alone principles Okay, I mean, I don't think that that follows because I don't like like if if my neighbor kills his wife, I don't say, uh, well, that was just his business. Keep the government out of it. That was his business to maintain. I mean, in a but, perfect world, it <laughs> depends. Was she a mouthy bitch or not? Yeah, really. Um, but I just thought it was so odd because she said I I would never vote for like a an abortion absolutist candidate as a Republican, like somebody who, who would take the line of like no abortion ever pretty much with maybe some possible exceptions. I thought that's so weird. Like you care about all these issues so much, but you care more about the, the so-called freedom to kill your kids in a way that you personally say you would never do anyway. Yeah. And if you say you wouldn't do it, the question is why? And I give, I assume you're going to give me some answer about why it's kind of morally wrong to do that in a way that would be, very analogous to murder. In fact, some might say it would be the exact same thing. Yeah, but I mean, that's not a good argument, but at least it's an argument. My problem is this disingenuous argument that what we're what we're doing is is um, stopping a child from being born rather than extinguishing a unique life. Yeah, like it's the lie because women are going into it and having abortions, accepting that premise. And then it becomes incredibly psychologically damaging later when you realize what you've done. Uh, yeah, and, that, that's the part that is is rarely discussed too. how damaging it is to the people who choose to do this. You could become just like Bussy Phillips or whatever her name is. Busy Phillips. I don't, I don't know what her name is. Screaming yeah. on a stage about how you never would have had an acting career if you weren't able to kill your kids because she looks satisfied and happy. Didn't Michelle Williams also do that? I can't remember, but I think it was at on stage when she was accepting some kind of award. She was talking about that. Wow. Like, what are you saying? This is just, but they believe it. I mean, they really do believe it. It was really great that I shot my kid in the face for career advancement. I'm glad I was yeah. free to do that. Uh, well, may God have mercy on their souls. I mean, I'm surprised you're willing to hope for that. I thought you would hope for uh, vengeance and damnation. I don't know. Forgiveness is a Christian tenant or something. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fedman. Uh, fed, 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 Hill, fed, fed, fed. Hillbilly fed. Deluxe. Of course, Don Lemon has no problem with woman face. He and Kamala.